What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening and watching another epic episode of Untold Stories, where together, twice a week, we get to dive deep with some of Bitcoin, crypto, Web3, the tech, uh, really anyone that I meet that's really cool along the way. Uh, those who are building, those who we know, those we don't know, uh, to truly understand how this whole movement came to be, where we are right now, where we're going. And I love how like over the course of, we're almost tagging episode 300, I think this is gonna be maybe episode 290 something. Uh, we've kind of been together during bear markets, bull markets, sideways markets. We've been together during days that we thought this whole industry was gonna collapse. We've been together on days of euphoria. We've been together through a lot of crazy things. We've had um, guests that are famous people, politicians, uh, those who are like the top CEOs of the top companies. And then we have folks that we've never heard about that we wish we knew about them sooner. Um, and then we have like my guest like today, who's actually going to be coming to us uh, pseudo anonymously uh, and his company and his project and his background is super cool. Um, I just want to say thank you. Uh, it's been such an amazing journey so far, such a ride uh, together with you guys traveling around the world and being able to consistently do shows and bring you some of the live panels uh, has been such a pleasure. I'll be heading over to Austin this week to Consensus, huge event. I'm doing like a, a, a panel that I'm going to be recording for you guys, but it's like 10 years later, the anniversary of the Bitcoin Foundation. So I have like in my notebook, so many good stories that I've been writing down to bring to bring all to you guys. And um, I'm really excited for that. And there's so many other really cool things we've been like as a production team. We've been thinking about how to take the show to the next level um maybe do like a season two or a different style of show if you have any thoughts please head over to untold stories send us an email i definitely want to hear from you guys because that's the only feedback we get on twitter and everything the like thanks to those who've been leaving us reviews we've been in the top 10 and top 100 charts in almost every country in the world in the past three years so thank you to you guys like honestly i've never had more fulfilling work in my life than, than doing this show and and bringing this to all of you. Um, something really cool happened, super cool this week. I'll tell you guys in a second, but let me just introduce to my guest. Uh, he goes by OX Dorsal, or for the sake of the show, we'll call him Dorsal. Thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories today. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here and 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 amongst you know a great lineup. I, I see that you have regularly every week. Um, it's great to see that uh, you know. Yeah, Michael Turpin before, who's uh, pretty awesome in person, and and so excited to be you know following here. He's like actually one of those people that I will travel to to go hang out with him, uh, and he's like I sit in silence in the room and just listen to him talk and see the different types of projects and companies that he's involved in. Uh, so it's definitely such a pleasure. You are the uh, pseudo anonymous founder, uh, co-founder of Integral. It's really cool when we're doing the research about it. Uh, from what I understand, the world's first uh, blockchain, you know, built from the ground up protocol for large orders. And we'll talk about how it's important for like crypto trading nowadays. But I want everyone to keep in the back of their head how this type of technology can be applied to anything that really requires like moving large assets or small assets without moving the market. It could be really anything like securitized or liquefied versions of anything. Your background as a hedge fund manager positions you well 
to 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 move over from traditional finance to DeFi. Um, and this is kind of really cool because you've built this out efficiently to execute large orders. Uh, you guys are a self-funded core team. Uh, you have startup founders, mathematicians, crypto investors. You have all different data scientists. You have a great group of people you've been backed by. Uh, now you've been backed by Framework Ventures and Polychain Capital. Um, and I don't want to get into to what the project is yet because I want, I'd love for you to explain it. But um, really, what was that moment for you that you decided to, to, to start a, a new company? Because it's really like a very stressful thing, as you know. Yeah, yeah. I think thanks for that, <laughs> uh, you know, overview intro, Charlie. I'm gl- glad you read up on things and, and, and uh, we can totally clarify and, 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 and double click onto any of those things there you mentioned. But yeah, to answer your question, um, you know, when kind of how do you decide, you know, to, to start a company or when is it or how does it come about? Um, I mean, the way we did it with Integral was was really just starting out poking around DeFi 1.0, right? So um, actually for, for me personally, uh, uh, it, it, it was coming from uh, being pinged and, and sent a link uh, to Uniswap V1 before anyone knew what that was. This might have been uh, around oh, wow. late, late 2019. Um, and so, and actually... Uh, you know, a very early Ethereum friend of mine, he sent this to me. I was like, hey, this might be interesting. Go check it out. Um, do you think it's interesting from a crypto hedge fund point of view um, as a possible source of returns or somewhere where you could trade or, or do something interesting from a uh, asset management point of view? Um, so I was like, okay, Uniswap, what's that? Um, <laughs> and, and, and the rabbit hole kind of started from, you know, going down the rabbit hole started from there. So, um, you know, that, that's, that sort of, you know, it wasn't the moment that, that integral started, but it was the moment of, uh, starting to figure out, Hey, um, you know, one, one uh, I myself have been in the space since about, uh, 2013, 14, um, and mostly just wearing the, um, crypto hedge fund kind of yeah. like trader hat. Right. So, so, um, you know, we saw kind of a lot of us who've been in this for, for several cycles, we've seen what kind of 2017, 18 did with really just starting to create value on chain um, for stuff like Ethereum. Right. So, so, you know, now you have, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of appreciated assets, stable coins, even floating around post 20, you know, 18 leading up to 2020. And, and, and that's really where um, we saw that like, Hey, look, DeFi activity can actually exist and, and this term DeFi can actually, you know, start to be a thing. And so that's sort of the lead up to, uh, I would say the moment and, and to, you know, there's a second part of this, which is, um, you know, the pandemic is kind of raging on in 2020 and uh, a few friends, we, you know, we, we reconnected and all of us are distributed across the globe and, and we just started poking around in, in, in DeFi together and, um, you know, then YFI and DeFi Summer kind of started, and that's that. That was uh, uh, sort of made us kind of super users of, of, of a few of these protocols, and then yeah, um, and then we started to um, you know s- sit back a little bit after a few months of that, and, and say, hey, um, you know, do we have any problems that we face that that you know we would want to address or even start working on? And that's really where uh, one of the problems that came up was 
you know, just trading efficiently on, on, on chain. Um, what year was this? This was, uh, in middle of 2020. So, um, you know, around July, August of 2020. Okay. So you actually, you're giving me a good opportunity to, to, to get big picture here. Um, if we look back at, there have been very pivotal moments in the history of, of, of Bitcoin and crypto that have been like watershed moments. And they happen every year, every six months or whatever it is. Satoshi White Paper, Ethereum launching. In fact, Vitalik's speech at Bitcoin Miami about Ethereum was the first time anyone really thought about in a serious way, like smart contracts on top of a chain. This technology is evolving very, very, very quickly. Um, 2017-2018 bull and bear cycle made a lot of people very wealthy. It was a lot of trading volume. Fortunes were made and lost, but it was like the first time that we kind of crypto came out. A lot of people joined the industry back then. Um, a lot of people rejoined the industry in a very big way. But that cycle largely took place on centralized exchanges. So the right. majority of the, the volume was happening on these centralized exchanges. But if you remember... There was a very small growth in like IDEX and IDAX. And there was one other one that I'm forgetting. I think there's a few. Yeah. Ether Delta. Ether Delta. Yeah. This was, and you're going to tell us why this was so important. And then there was a, a, a point, and this was not decentralized really exchanges on chain yet. It was still like hybrid centralized, decentralized exchanges. But the idea, no one really thought decentralized exchanges could work. And the idea of like, having a, 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 an order book that exists maybe on everyone's computer or on multiple places in real time, uh, it would be the, like an amazing thing. Now, fast forward to 2020 to 2022, that crazy cycle. I mean, most, if not all tokens were purchased on like Paraswap, my sponsor, Uniswap, uh, a pancake swap, all these different places, Binance swap, you know. So, so why was Uniswap a watershed moment? What did Uniswap do that these other like IDEXs couldn't do? And why, like, tell us more about, fill in the, the missing pieces for me. Yeah, I, first of all, Charlie, I love you, you framing this this way because this is, it's really a story of like, hey, technology came first and then, um, you know, we discovered kind of from a market's point of view, what is possible around yeah. that tech. Um, so, so really, um, you know, the, the, the idea kind of birth of the idea behind Uniswap, I think a lot of folks in this space, uh, I mean, I, I would love to pinpoint it back to a, a Vitalik Buterin post. Um, I think it was on like, yeah, the Reddit part of Ethereum, uh, or sorry, Ethereum part of Reddit, um, where he was just like, hey, what if, you know, what if uh, through this, you know, for most part static math equation, we can, um, we, we can start pricing you know, assets and not rely on the dynamic, um, for example, the dynamic whims of market makers um, having to go in to create the tops of these order books, right? So, um, so you, you, you know, you're, you're hearkening back to when people thought, hey, let's duplicate what, you know, the Coinbase's, um, you know, the Binance's are doing and just can we just duplicate that order book structure onto, um, you know, directly on Ethereum. And that was kind of the, you know, the shortcomings, uh, expose the shortcomings of, of that approach um, when we saw, you know, the IDEXs and Ether Deltas and, and these types of um, first, I guess, first gen centralized exchanges, uh, decentralized exchanges. I'm sorry. What, 
Yeah, it's um, going back and, to like the Mt. Goxes and the Bit Instance and the early yeah. days of of you know Trade Hills and all the early Bitcoin exchanges. Essentially, on these centralized exchanges, everyone deposits their dollars, euros, and their Bitcoin and their cryptos, and it's a software version of a guy yelling out who wants to buy, who wants to sell, and it's just faster, more efficient. People put up how much they want to buy and how much they want to sell for, and this like centralized order book, if you will, is doing the work and doing all the exchanges and uh and everyone yeah. was focusing on these like how do we make, we make centralized exchanges more efficient but then somewhere along it was like hey what if that whole order book process could be more transparent and could be done like on a blockchain kind of how blockchains work right, right. yeah and so the shortcoming so was cool. we can't just duplicate the old style right uh, and and Why this not? is where um so some of the problems of of in in the 2016 17 iterations of you know let's put order books directly on ethereum is um you know the fact that front running is quite prevalent um oh, it's yeah, still it's still an issue today uh so 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 the fact that um every little change you you want to do uh kind of to your put basically to your um what we call maker orders so basically when you're providing liquidity to the order book but you're not like taking liquidity out so you're not actually trying to execute right away, you're trying to almost like be a market maker. Um, so this is typically known as limit orders or maker orders. Yeah. Um, you do have the option actually as the user to retract that order, to cancel that or, or you know, take it back or roll it or adjust it. And um, the problem is that, uh, you know, this problem still exists, of course, on, on EVM. But the problem is it, when you make that submission to cancel, um, typically this is, um, you know, this is, visible so so anybody who um kind of wants to you know get a little bit of extra information can can actually just um you know watch this happen and and decide hey i'm going to bid more gas than this guy was going to cancel so that means i'm going to hit his order right so this is not you know it's not so easily wow. uh, i mean that's a perfect like example a, of how yeah. these markets get manipulated and it doesn't cost a lot of money like anyone with five million bucks to throw around could very in a very smart way not lose their money and then affect 90% of these token markets. Yes, but this is actually still an issue today. And 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 if any oh of my listeners are, are are um you know even with what what happened with AMM, so automated market makers, which is basically saying, hey, instead of having these individual people's orders form the order book, let's just have this one simple construct called a pool. And depending on how much you deposit pro rata, you have a a pro rata share of the pool, right? So you, uh, you know, if the pool is 10 million and 1 million of that was, was, was you, you, you know, you have one tenth of the pool and, you know, as people deposit more, you know, your share kind of fluctuates as well. Um, and, uh, the price is actually cleared by, um, you know, on Uniswap, the price is cleared by basically this, this, this math equation, right? So, um, you know, what that means is, uh, basically the overhead of running that order book used to be a lot of gas and a lot of very specific, um, you know, actions needed to be taken to, to keep the price kind of tight and efficient and keep a sufficient liquidity within kind of, you know, the most frequently traded yeah. prices. Right. So, so actually so cool. this starts to actually look like, you know, the, <laughs> the concentrated liquidity, like Uniswap V3, that kind of sort of almost like a step back to what, 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 what we wanted uh, kind of, in the space generally, right? Like, uh, so, so Uniswap V2 was this kind of 
landmark watershed moment where it was like, hey, and you know anybody can democratically be this market maker just by depositing funds. This math equation is going to actually do the, the the setting of um, you know what the prevailing prices are, and you know let's see what it's, what this does. And and on top of that, it's permissionless, so anybody can launch a pool between you know Ethereum and their you know their own project token or some to project token they think should get a market clearing price. Um, and and so this this was the magic moment where price discovery for the first time was not like monopolized by um, you know all these top centralized exchanges. So now we had a way to you know whether we like the price or not on Uniswap is, is another question, but um, but at least it's possible. It was a zero to one moment, right? That that was this, this yeah. Past wave. So yeah. front running front running is like is it similar to spoofing? I would say they're cousins of each other. Okay. So, so front running still happens right on on in the, this uniswap universe right in in on all the decentralized exchanges today um and and simply uh you know that the most common way on chain comes from um you know minor extractable value also now now known as maximal extractable value for things that are moving towards proof of stake um and basically what it means is look there's like a lot of value happening in these um for example ethereum transactions and the, inside each transaction actually is like a financial meaning, right? So like, Charlie, you could be trying to trade, you, you want to buy like, uh, you know, 50 ETH kind of uh, in one of these next transactions. But if somebody, you know, sees this going through the mempool, right? And, and they can actually, um, you know, deduce kind of the state, the yeah. next state of the market that's coming because of your order about to be processed. So because all, all yeah. the, all the, everything's happening on chain, all the cancellations, all of the order editing, yep. people can, can get yeah, it's in, all transparent. in. It's all transparent. But then if you go back to like things being not transparent, you get back to centralized exchanges. We need to move <laughs> forward. So it's like, how do you solve these problems, but on chain? And so effectively, how, how does Integral solve all of these problems by kind of batching things into large orders, but still on chain? Yeah, yeah, happy to dive into that there. So first of all, this is a whole issue that lots of smart people are working on in, in, in the field, like within the Ethereum ecosystem and around yeah. it. Um, our approach is uh, actually firmly at the, the DApp layer. So, you know, as uh, we think of ourselves as, you know, we're building custom tailored solutions for, for traders, right? So like making the trader experience, um, you know, better and pushing that from a technology point of view, pushing the frontier of what traders can do directly, you know, in this transparent universe. Um, so, so BB, for example, uh, sorry, Vitalik, back in the day, he predicted, look, Uniswap, something like Uniswap is going to arise. And, uh, but also, you know, for, for price discovery, but also there's going to be needs for other specialized types of trading, like uh, large orders, specific, and, and explicitly, he, he, he actually, um, uh, basically predicted, hey, somebody's going to work on this. And we sort of, you know, accidentally ended up there. Um, and uh, we have this whole actual Ethereum research post that, that further discusses it and happy to give you guys the link later. Um, but basically, we're building these custom tailored solutions for traders. And one of the things we didn't like about, um, you know, trading on chain is the fact that, look, if, if you just want to sell like 100 ETH right now, you don't have that many options. You you can dump it all at once in one mm -hmm. point in time, 
that is almost certainly going to be front run or sandwiched or, you know, basically somebody's going to mess with your order. Yeah. You're going to get subpar results. Um, and then you can use like Paraswap or one inch or one of these other like aggregators. Right. So aggregators just help you break up your orders. They're still happening, you know, as soon as possible, but they're, they're splitting it like almost like horizontally across other DEXs and market makers. Okay. So when I go um, to like my, I go to my OTC provider mm-hmm. and I'm telling him, Hey, I want to sell a basket of Ethereum. He'll ask me, okay, what's your minimum price and how long of a time frame? And so what they're doing is they're slowly leaking it into the market, but they're keeping most of it still off chain. Is that what's happening? Yeah. So OTC brokers, uh, basically, um, they do that and they actually route your, they typically route your orders directly to their um, favorite centralized exchanges. I know, gasp, right? Yeah, um, but but that's what that's what OTC traders do. They they have um, they typically cut very great deals uh, to have really favorable fee, fee structures. So we're talking, you know, sing, single digit basis points or even well lower than that. Yeah, it makes and, it easier. Um, and what they do is they you know they 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 promise or try to commit to a certain target for for trading every every month um, with their favorite. Um, you know, all, all the big exchanges in the space, you know, participate on, on, on the backend side of the OTC business this way. Um, and so the brokers just facilitate this um, kind of the, the face, the, the customer relationship. But it's still software yeah. at the end of the day. In fact, yes, the OTC algos. traders probably would benefit using your software as opposed to being on the exchanges. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and, you know, my, uh, this is a whole roundabout way of getting to this, but oh, uh, so Integral is here to, to basically be an on-chain, um, you know, on-chain transparent OTC um, protocol. So it, it it gets you the same, uh, kind of gives you the same trading experience that the back end of a of an OTC desk would be would be getting you. Um, so what we actually do is to solve the front running problem, we just say, hey, you know, we don't care about all these arb bot traders, right? Arbitrage bot traders and 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 other th- bots that are trying to snipe kind of transactions. Uh, what we're doing is saying, hey, if you trade on Integral, we 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 want the benefits of this system to be for organic traders and organic LPs. And notably, you'll you notice not mentioned in this population are these um, you know sophisticated um, arbitragers and bot traders. Um, so the the idea is those three parties exist and kind of have to share the benefits of systems like you know Uniswap uh, or you know, sushi swap or you know, pancake swap or any any of the Uniswap style systems. Um, um, in our system, you have to organically commit to to trading, and what that involves is saying, "Hey, I'm actually committed to settling my trade against this pool, against the integral pool, at um, over the next t minutes." And so, the the two products we put out was uh, five minutes and and thirty minutes here. So. Okay. What actually happens during those five and thirty minutes is we actually, um, we actually lazily read from uh, an external price oracle. So, like for example, if you're trying to buy that fifty ETH again, Charlie, uh, what happens when you enter into that trade against the integral pool is um, at at the end of thirty minutes, um, the LPs 
in our pool. So other kind of users like you who might be, you know, depositing and sure. uh, they're going to clear a trade against your 50 ETH, right? So they're, they might be actually selling USDC in exchange for that ETH. And we're going to settle it at the 30 minute price um, that that happened externally on, you know, the most efficient pricing on chain, which is actually Uniswap uh, in a lot of these cases. So, so we get you that perfect Uniswap price without any of the, oh. uh, any of the like, you know, any of the disturbances of actually impacting yeah. the market. Yeah, it's almost as if you're being able to trade on chain, but you can't get sandwiched or front run because it's a different pool of funds. So it's like yes. someone that's really and, and really we're like cool. the slow turtles, right? So it's like all these. Yeah. You know, it's turtles trading against turtles, but everybody's nice, you know, and and, <laughs> and 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 it's enforced by the mechanism. So this is this happens right at the D app layer, right? As designers of Integral, this is um, a designer so team cool. came up with, and um, obviously there's you know a ton of other 140 IQ folks who are trying to solve this potentially with, within a yeah. But I'm talking is, to a lot of them, yeah. and, and this is one of the best implementations I've ever seen, and you're yeah. launched. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. And 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 this is you know I I want to say you know like it was everybody wants to claim it's like a genius idea or whatnot, but you know, the way we arrived at that is, um, yeah, a bit of luck and, yeah. um, you know, quick thinking, but also like observations and firsthand experience. And, you know, what we found is like, look, this is still kind of early for this space right now. That's everybody what I like wants, about it. Yeah. Everybody wants instant gratification trading in the deck space, right? Everybody wants to dump their Shiba token, like right away, <laughs> right? That was 2021, right? <laughs> and, and I think we're still kind of in that space. But- of, you For know, the same overall. reason, and this is what people need to understand, like craziness is always going to happen, right? But we need our own internal on-chain infrastructure to create our own soft landings and to create our own ability for us to settle these trades. Because a lot of the reasons these things crash in price is because everyone's trying to trade at once and it ends up we don't have the infrastructure to do it. So it just collapses the bottom underneath. Uh, for the same reason that larger countries can absorb inflation better than smaller countries can, it's the same. It's the same thing. But if we can solve those small problems now, then we could p- potentially prevent them from getting bigger down the road. Same thing. Like we look at indications of inflation in smaller countries, and we say, "Oh shit, we need to solve those problems." Then before it reaches some of the some of the larger ones. And so it's very important. And I really like that you're. So I have two like burning questions. Um, I don't know which one to actually ask first. Um, sure. But do you, what other, so now obviously you're building everything for crypto and crypto assets, but what other type of, spe- you mentioned specialized trading assets. What other do you envision? What type other type of assets do you envision like needing this in the future? If securitizing, if securitizing liquid assets was already here, sorry, if securitizing illiquid assets was already here and securitizing like things like houses and, and other types of commodities down to like at the farmer level, like if we could securitize like grain futures, but at the farmer level, if that was already here, what type of assets would you need this for? So currently uh, integral is designed for with spot assets in mind, right? So like, um, but, but I, th- you know, currently um, this, this need for large clearing, it, it, in theory, it can apply to, you know, other instruments as well, right? So this is where, um, 
you know, this is where, uh, you know, some people think of the way we approach slowing down, for example, yeah. MEV traders is, is, um, is akin to like, like what, what happened in 2010, uh, 2011, like our kind of post flash boys in, in the, in TradFi, like high frequency traders being slowed down with basically speed bumps that literally were like, you know, adding 15 mil, uh, mil you know, uh, 15 was it, um, like, uh, it's milliseconds, I think of wire in a data center, just to speed bump, um, the fastest traders in the space. So that, um, everybody has a chance to catch up. Um, this is, this is akin to that, right. Which is, um, like, you know, that's one way we we've decided to, to, you know, test out that dimension of helping traders out is like saying, Hey, um, let's let the human organic traders catch up to the bots in this way, because ah. guess what? No, nobody's, nobody can predict the market 30 minutes ahead of time. Right. If, if you are, why are you trading Ethereum? Like you should be trading like, I don't know, oil futures or something out there. Right. Like, like there's bigger fish to fry. Um, and, and so that was well, our starting logic. Just incentivize. Like, yes. Yeah. Scammers, spoofers, the market manipulated, wash trading, money laundering. You almost yeah, like anyone who has that extra extra alpha that's yeah that's good for like the next you know two seconds or five seconds or ten seconds or maybe even a minute but like the further you go out the 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 less that info you know the more we should converge to like hey people actually want to you know buy and hold for longer periods of time right um so that that's that's sort of you know you can think of it as we 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 are currently doing a line of like helping this this type of trader um, and it doesn't have to be large traders. It just happens that Ethereum is, we started on Ethereum. Ethereum is pretty expensive to use. Um, obviously, you know, the ETH2 vision and and kind of L2 spinning up and all these different rollups are going to, you know, help this. And uh, what's next for us is, is further deploying, um, you know, what we've done with the current integral products to, um, to the L2 environments to help more traders as well, right? So, you know, being just for the whales is 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 kind of, you know, it's, it's just the function of starting where that actually leads were. me to like my next question that I was going to ask yeah. you was you've mentioned Ethereum. I'm very I'm, I'm bullish on everything. Um, I understand where Ethereum is, but if I'm launching a new project today, is it possible for me to like launch it on the protocol level? Uh, and not on a like choose my blockchain or do, or do I still have to choose my blockchain at this point? Oh, I, I, I see what you're saying. So can this like, if I come to you on Solana, can this be ported over? Um, there, there will be a, uh, there will be like a, a trend, you know, a, sort of this translational work that needs to be done. Um, there are, you know, there are a lot of uh, great builders out there who are building almost like infra for devs uh, that will allow um basically almost like, like allow, you know, easier translation or compilation of like, let's say you start on Ethereum mainnet and yeah. then now you think it's ready to uh, be ported to a bunch of other chains. Um, so, you know, there are teams working on this um, that that I think will bring down that like almost like the uh, translational cost of, of going to other chains. Um, and, you know, for, for, for us, we, you know, we were as a small team. Um, I mean, we're, you know, even accounting the part-timers, we're, we're, you know, just about 20 people currently um so so awesome. 
you know, we didn't grow super fast and, you know, we, we definitely, um, are, 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 you know, we're happy now given that like, you know, it's kind of bear, bear market building season again. Um, but like, you know, anybody who's went out and, and, and started in the past year and a half, two years, and suddenly went out and hired 50 people like last year is, is, is kind of in a tough spot right now. And, and, you know, we, we've kind of organically, um, taking an organic team building and process building approach where, um, look, um, we, we launched our product, uh, you know, before any fundraising fundraise from our early community. Um, and you know, as a function of that, that's, are you still fundraising? Um, uh, actually no, but, uh, you know, one thing that, that we do want to consider is like, look, as we, as we keep proving out the tech, um, you know, eventually there needs to be an end destination and, and, and really the, the end destination is about saying, Hey, how do we really take this from just this tech we're building out and, 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 and proof of concepting to really, uh, you know, something that resembles a decentralized, you know, OTC desk almost. Right. So where, where anybody can participate and, and sort of be part of this um, kind of in, in the way that, you know, if this is the game or something they want to play or help, yeah, um, help 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 the ecosystem um, by being a part of, right? So, this is sort of the you know the the narrative roadmap, and we're 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 kind of just part way through it, right? Which is because building is is hard, um, and you know one thing we we didn't account for is that, um, you know, I would say the instant gratification trading model is still dominant, right? Like, and and it might be for quite a while. Uh, but, but really, you know, sometimes you have to double down and say, Hey, this is the future that I, I, you know, that we are building for. Um, we think there's a need for large trades to be cleared on chain and where's it going to happen first on chains, like, you know, on Ethereum and Ethereum ecosystem. Um, and you know, there's one ongoing topic, I think even this week where somebody, uh, phrased a brainstorming question like, Hey, what would happen if somebody wanted to trade a hundred million dollars of like stable coin right now? Like, <laughs> and, and, and the result, you know, there's this whole discussion on, on Twitter and, um, you know, shout out to, I, I, I think his name is Tencent. Yeah. Uh, who's in our community. And, and he said, Hey, you know, guys, they already built integral HQ at integral HQ. Um, like, uh, they just needs more liquidity. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're, you know, getting closer to, to, to being that solution when this space needs it. Um, when it needs it, that's another. Well, question, there would right? be yeah. there would be enough instant liquidity. If we amalgamated all of the liquidity across all of the blockchains together and it could happen in real time in a decentralized way, not using bridges or ex- things like that. Mm. So is and this is more of like a general crypto macro question. Is it you and your developers, is it your uh, priority? Are you actively talking about things like how do we make this available to more chains uh, at, in real time instead of just like copying it over? Uh, whereas like if you built it with something like the Cosmos SDK, you could then use the liquidity of like the near protocol and, you know, potentially Terra before it was, you know, and some of the other ones too on like that are all in the Cosmos ecosystem. Obviously there's new technology that's allowing for like you to 
do in real time across any like Ethereum virtual, any EVM compatible chain, which is most chains nowadays. Uh, is that something that you guys are working on? Do you care about that? I'm trying to figure out like what's going to be six months from now or a year. Yeah, from now. yeah, that's a that's a great question. And and you're yeah, you're kind of a little bit getting into one of our um, you know ongoing pending initiatives, which is um, actually uh, you know looking at what did what 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 the design of like a atomic layer, so like an instant swap layer, yeah. on top of us uh, or related to us would would look like. Um, so, so that's actually a, an ongoing uh, kind of research thread we have. What's the answer? What do you guys? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what that looks like, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're having so much fun in this. So, what that looks like is is really saying, look, uh, what's the difference between instant gratification and instant, you know, atomic swap trading, and this, you know, let's say five minute or thirty minute current, thirty minute self trading on our product right now? Uh, it means somebody needs to take shoulder the volatility of you know zero minutes to 30 minutes right? yeah like in that point. and and so that's that's something um you know that's uh, that's a very open challenge um that's something we uh are are, are currently playing with some, some de like designs around um and so you know one way to get to uh instant swaps is to um basically go towards building this this type of interaction layer on top where we allow uh, other folks who want to play the let's say five minute or 30 minute uh, risk on game to 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 participate um, and this might be a more professional class of traders um, uh, but but you know like that's this is something we we that, that's still ongoing and um, would require more work uh, but it yeah. is something we're actively looking into the technology I don't think is like fully fully there yet but there is definitely a need for this it seems like we build out the technology for financial technology but then the other industries kind of follow like and then mm -hmm. it goes back like you, you look at nfts you know nfts were created out of out of like stablecoin kind of needs or whatever or making tokens smarter not making that not having like dumb tokens which that's how i differentiate uh, explain to uh, people like the difference between yeah the old 2018 token versus so i have this like and i've been saying it on the show forever and it's going to happen but future blockchains that launch like you go to coin market cap you look at a new block blockchain or whatever some of them are going to be made up of just all nft type tokens so whether they're like erc 1155 mm -hmm. you're going to see like non dumb tokens anymore every token could have some sort of like uh like fungibility or non-fungibility, like they can almost warp, like or mutate. Like the old DVD, you know, in the film industry, the DVD was a great way for people to like go watch a movie and then take their love and identity of that movie in a physical way home with them and show it as a collection. Uh, that's kind of like NFTs if you look at it today in that memorabilia phase. But you watch NFTs, you're going to have to be building out integral for NFTs and it's not going to be art related. It's going to be like, people trading pieces of their mortgages inside of Integral and trading baskets of mortgages they are going to be happening there. But you can't just attribute like a mortgage to a dumb token, right? It needs to be like a non-fungible. Right. Yeah, yeah, Charlie. I think that's a great point. And, and, and uh, I, we have um, friends who are looking at this in the, yeah, real estate, I think is a great example. Uh, insurance is and, and, Another, and yeah. anything that has a customized policy, right, is, is a great example. Uh, that's like, a good word. Um, customized policy. Yeah, and and actually, even within our own system, one you know one one sort of uh, 
tabled research project, but one that you know does have potential is is saying like, look, um, you know, NFTs is one way to uh, to basically say, look, we understand the way people participate in this larger, you know, uh, logical system. Uh, everybody's approaching it from a unique or different way because of the attributes or, or the way they're participating. Uh, so for example, insurance, right? Like a 60 year old's policy and a 30 year old's policy, clearly quite different. And yeah, you know, very different. geography, one of them smokes, one of them drives really fast and drag races or something. <laughs> so like, you know, you're not gonna, you can't spot, you know, you have to, you have to figure out a way to value them. And, and so that's the, I think the power of uh, NFTs for, um, you know, these types of systems comes from being able to parse that out. But then the challenge, there's a, there's a market challenge, which is sort of, if now, if you want to trade, you know, pieces of people's policies, you know, where, where now, how do we, how do we think about that? Um, what types of market structures are needed for that? And I think this is where, um, you know, this, this is another sort of trading frontier that, you know, potentially might be in our purview at, at some point, but, um, you know, we, we think that's, you know, given that people don't even want to wait 30 minutes, uh, um, I mean, pe- people do want to wait 30 minutes for a great price, but like I'm saying your average retail doesn't understand the, um, the benefit of that still, um, you know, we're, we're, we're still quite far away as an entire space from, uh, you know, people doing some of these. That's what I love. Uh, that's, more fancy what, things. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. why we're still we're still all here. You know, but but the idea is like, look, like everybody should, everybody deserves when they trade to have all the powerful tools, whether directly or indirectly. Right? Uh, we, we don't. We understand there's one day we're not going to be integral is not going to be facing your like a millionth consumer of of of, of DeFi, right? Um, or the hundredth millionth person on Ethereum, right? Like um, they're not, they hopefully shouldn't touch any of these things we we did the past two years, um, right? They, they shouldn't be yield farming, hopefully. It should be like abstracted away from them, but they should see the benefits of it and and hopefully a lot of the benefits of it, right? Um, so, so, you know, there's another UX layer that, that, that people are going to work on. Uh, and maybe that's where FinTech and TradFi as well might merge in at some point. So that's sort of where we see our, the thing is our, everybody needs the power of, of the best tools that, that we can provide. Um, and, and that's sort of our mission. And you've been building the tools and you come from like the hedge fund world where like regulations are a huge thing, transparency, all these different things. What does it mean to be like a pseudo anonymous team? Where did that all come from? Where is it going? Yeah. Uh, that's a you know that's a question a lot of people uh, kind of have and uh, even since the beginning when we first launched our Discord um, and you know two two you know almost two years in um, we we sort of like ask the question hey well why did Satoshi you know Nakamoto himself choose to be anonymous I love this or, question or or maybe you know we shouldn't say himself because you you know uh, I'm a big Shakespeare fan so there's this whole who is Shakespeare or who was Shakespeare debate in the literature field. And, and one of the theories is Shakespeare was a committee or a consortium or a federation of great writers or, you know, no, you know, whoever. And, and there's all these different theories. And so I, I think, you know, for, for building the heart of decentralized um, systems, right? Like we shouldn't put our identities at the center of, of, of these systems that, should go far beyond us, right? Um, 
and doxing or, or re revealing your own identity purposefully in the beginning is, is a sort of real world reputation farming, right? So like you often see founders who are like saying, hey, I went to, you know, my background is so-and-so, I went to so-and-so yeah. school, maybe I was the, you know, previous founder of It comes down to scoring project. though, too. Yeah. yeah. When you're- Yeah, and, and, and so we believe there is, you know, there is a part of Web3, which, which is supposed to be about like, look, the blockchains actually are records of your actions, your transactions. Uh, and, and purposefully, there's no sort of native way to attach, you know, identity into, you know, into your Bitcoin transaction, right? There's no annotation of like, natively of like, hey, this is who I am, I'm transacting, you know, you know, I'm, this is my UTXO, right? Like, it's just, we're just these pseudonyms ourselves, right? Zero X, whatever. So but then there's, a, you know, there's, there's this idea of like, hey, look, actions should make the reputation, right? Um, in, in, in this idealized universe, uh, obviously, you know, like that, that, and, and I think, you know, there's a, there's a human aspect to it as well. The second pillar of it, which is, look, we're all humans trying to do good daily work um, and building in public, which is actually quite difficult yeah. um, from the builder side. We want to be productive and, and try to, you know, take small steps in fulfilling our, our, our objectives and mission. And, and sometimes to be less distracted, you, you, you just, you have to insulate by, um, you know, by, by taking things less seriously, right? Because people are, the messages we get, like, in the past, you know, 18 months or so, like, um, some of them are just crazy, right? Oh, like, yeah. Um, and, and so, yes, it is a bit of a, you know, human shield uh, uh, to remind us, hey, we're just cartoon characters at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, we are real humans behind this, right? And, and when you get to know us, uh, this is how, you know, we do human to human interaction. But for the point of, exposing ourselves publicly this is um this is the way we prefer because this is what we think you know fits our um end goals the best right it, it doesn't mean that all pseudonymous folks are you know gonna rug and run you know like the scam no i get it away, like right we spent this whole show talking about this amazing technology that people will now go and, and look for themselves and, and understand themselves but like Everyone knows my background. I'm, you know, I'm a felon. So if I if I was working at your company, uh, and actually that's a bad example because here is like a financial technology company, I would almost have to be upfront about my identity. But at the same time, people would be would judge would would automatically be judgmental. If I was sitting here doing a show, we'd spend the whole hour talking about why me as a felon should be building out financial technology company, which is not where I want the conversation to be. Right, right. It should be about, you know, like what we're doing yeah. um, go, going forward. And, and, you know, thank, you know, thanks for sharing that, Charlie. And, and it's. Uh, oh, yeah. Everyone knows my whole history I, in, in crypto. I'm lucky to work in an industry where everyone knows everything about me all the time. So it's like. Well, yeah, like your, 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 your future, you know, like cor the correctional system, once you get out, right? Like, I think there's, you know, there's the America is about second chances, right? And, and, you know, why not it, it, you know, why not be judged on that, um, you know, from, from that point onwards and not like, just because, you know, of something that yeah. happened, at, uh, you know, years ago. So, you know, there is, you know, this is gonna, people stand on different sides of this issue and, you know, there's going to be people who are in, yes, actions are the track record camp. And there are going to be people who are in the sort of, oh, well, you know, reputation staking still makes sense. Um, and it'll be interesting as it's these a two words collide. 
Yeah, we could have a whole nother hour conversation about this and we should, to be honest. I'd love to have just like a specific conversation on this, but um, I know you have to run and that's all the time we have for today. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, yeah, yeah. Off to, uh, off to uh, Texas as well. <laughs> oh, let's meet up then. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. all right, cool. Well, I'll talk to you soon. And uh, thanks for everyone for listening and watching today. Really appreciate it. And I'll see you all in a few days from now. Amazing. Thank you, Charlie.